Their seats have high walls around them and are very large. We even saw members of the family line of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev Desert. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the Central Hill Country. The Canaanites live near the Mediterranean Sea. They also live along the Jordan River. And then verse 30 says, Then Caleb interrupted the men speaking to Moses. He said, We should go up and take the land. We can certainly do it. Why don't you say, We can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him spoke. They said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. The men spread a bad report about the land among the Israelites. They said, the land we check out destroys those who live in it. All the people we saw there are very big and tall. We saw the Nephilim there. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And that's also how we seem to them. The family line of Anna came from the Nephilim. Can we pray? Most gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you for your word on tonight. We thank you, Father, for what you are giving us. We thank you, Father, that we can certainly take it and certainly do it. And we thank you, Father, that you are changing even our view and our perception even now as we are hearing your word. We give you glory, praise, and honor, and it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. You may have your seats, amen, in the presence of the Lord on tonight. For the few minutes we have together, and I'm going to try to be few. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to talk to you from the thought, whose report are you going to believe? Whose report are you going to believe? As we open up the text here in Numbers chapter 13, the very first 13 and 1, the Lord said, it wasn't Moses who gave this, it wasn't Caleb, it wasn't Jacob, the Lord said to Moses, send some men to check out, to explore the land of Canaan. I am. Remember, he introduced himself to Moses over in Exodus when he gave him the assignment or the task of bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses said, who shall I tell them sent me? He said, I am. And so this same I am is now speaking and he says, I am giving it. Not I might. Not go check it out and then come back and we'll talk about it. He says, I am giving it to the Israelites. This is a short thing.
ourselves that when we hear a report that's contrary to what God has already said, that we don't go with the new report. Whose report are you going to believe? God already said, I'm giving it to you. I just need you to go and explore. I, I just need you to go and do the research. I just need you to walk in faith and to trust and believe because faith without works is dead. So I got some work I need you to put in, but this is a done thing. This is a signed deal. It's signed, sealed, delivered, baby. It's yours. And how many times do we allow something or someone to talk us out of what God, what God has already spoken concerning us? He said, write the book, and we begin to share our ideas and our thoughts with somebody, and we allow them, well, how are you going to write a book? You didn't even finish school. He said, stop the business, and then we're looking at the bank account saying, but how that's going to happen, because I don't even have... But he's already spoken what's going to happen. You just got to stand in the faith to believe that it is going to happen. And so as we see here, Caleb was excited. Caleb had the confidence that was needed to carry out the mission. Caleb, as they were trying to give their report, y'all doing too much talking. He interrupted them. Because I see where this is going. Sometimes you got to shut the mouth of the enemy. Don't allow them to say another word. Don't allow them to get another, nothing in. Because that negativity is messing up what God is trying to do in your life. So he interrupted and he said, listen, we should do this. We should go up and take the land. We can certainly do it. Everybody need a Caleb in their life. That even when your vision may be a little obscure and when your vision may not be where it needs to be, that'll be there to push you and say, you can do it. I know what God said. I was there when he said it to you. You got this, sis. You got this, bro. Keep on moving. Keep on pushing. We can certainly do it. Because I believe God's report. You know, the, the truth, and the apostle is taught on this, the truth and the facts. The fact it was, yeah, there were some giants in the land. The fact was, yeah, they probably did look like grasshoppers in the sight of the giants. The fact was, yes, there were some challenges that they were going to have to face. But the truth had already spoken because Jesus said, I am the truth, the light. And he said, I have already spoken and I am the way. And he had already told them, I'm giving it to you. So the fact is, yes, there's some opposition, there's some challenges, but God is bigger and greater. My God is mightier. My God is stronger. My God is bigger. So why do we look at natural things and we cower down, dummy down, tuck our tails, our tails behind our tails? As if we don't realize the God that we serve. As if we don't recognize the God that we serve. And so as Caleb is speaking positivity and declaring already and basically reminding them this is ours. Let's do it. We can certainly do it. The men begin to speak out. They begin to point out why we can't do 
Sir, the Debbie Downer, the Negative Nancy. Anybody in here with those names? I'm not talking about you per se. Glory to God. That's always going to try to speak against because they don't have the capacity to see what you see. Yolanda Adams said it this way. Faith beyond what I can see. You know what's best for me. So God, if you told me it was going to happen, and this is the word that you have dropped and deposited in my spirit, and this is the word that has been spoken over my life, then I believe your report. Despite what I even see with my own eyes. And as they begin to give all of the reasons why they shouldn't go, the bad report, they made this analogy. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. We got to be careful how we see ourselves. Perspective is everything. Change your perspective and you can change your possibilities. But if you don't see you got to believe it and see it before you really see it. We got to stand on God's word. God says we are more than conquerors. He says that we are above and not beneath. He says that we are the head and not the tail. That we are the lender and not the borrower. But yet, you want to sit here and compare yourself to a grasshopper? We got to see as God sees. Found this quote from Henry David Thoreau. It says, it's not what you look at that matters. It's what you see. So even though I'm looking at a mountain, I see faith of a mustard seed that can say, mountain, be thou cast into the sea. Be thou removed from me. Even though I'm looking at a hard thing, I'm looking up at a God because I know from whence my help cometh, my help comes from the Lord. And I realize that greater he that's in this world. So yes, I may see some things in this world and yes, I may come against some opposition in this world, but in all of that, I see my God. And that's why the psalmist told us in Psalm 34, oh, magnify the Lord. But we can call up magnifying the problem. We can call up magnifying the challenge. We can call up magnifying the negativity instead of standing on God's Word. I was speaking to one of my prayer partners this weekend as we were in the conference and she began to share with me about a couple that was in attendance there and how they had had their first child after trying for four years. And prior to them getting pregnant, the doctor had ran all kind of tests on the husband and the wife and had determined you will never have a child. Who's reporting? Are you going to believe? Now, had they stood on the report of the Lord, they would have never tried. And after four years of trying and struggling and going through the journey, they would not have reached the promise. Because he said, be fruitful and multiply. He said, no, no good thing will I withhold from you. But thank God they did not be moved. They weren't moved by the doctor's reports. 
checked, he was a promise keeper. And so when he said, when he says, I'm giving it to you, that was a promise. He told him over in Exodus 3 that I'm giving you, I'm taking you to a place flowing with milk and honey. That was a promise. So why are we letting the enemy poke us out of our promise? Don't let the enemy poke you out of your promise. We might have to go through some things to get it, and it may not be an easy journey. He never said that it would be easy, but it said it would be worth it. All you got to do is hold on to the promise that God gave you. Hold on. We need to see as God sees. We need to see as God sees. There were 12 people that went out and 10 of them came back with the bad report. They were the majority. But last I checked, God's not with the majority. He's with the minority. And that's why we got to be careful of the crowd that we're in. Because we'll go with the majority and with the crowd because that's what seems popular. Because it's more of them than it is us. But one can put right to a thousand and two can put right to ten thousand. So I'm not worried about the crowd. I'm not worried about the team. And we got to have the boldness and the God and the trust in the promises of God. That even when the ten say it's not going to happen. And even when the ten say you can't do it. And even when the ten begin to point out every fact. And yes, that is fact. But my truth is uh, that my God, uh, my God will bring it through. Uh, he didn't bring me to it. Uh, not to bring me through it. Uh, and so if he said it, uh, I'm going to stand on his word. Uh, I believe the report of the Lord. I just want to know tonight whose report are you going to believe? How many times have we given up prematurely on what God wants to do because it didn't happen overnight? How many times did we give up prematurely on what God wants to do because it cost us too much? It cost us too much to make it happen. We didn't want to work for the marriage. We prayed for it, but now it's a work involved to keep it going. But God because it's costing me too much. I'm experiencing too much agony. I'm dealing with too much pain. But the promise was for a husband. The promise was for a wife. And so we got to hold on to the promise that God gave us. In the midst of it all, in the midst of it all, we got to hold on. And we got to change how we see things. We got to change how we see ourselves. You are worthy. 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 You're worthy of his grace and you're worthy of his mercy. You're worthy of his love. You're worthy of everything that he has promised you. I know sometimes it's hard to fathom, but God, why would you do such a thing for me? Why would you? Because I know everything that I've done. I'm just a little grasshopper. Why would you? But it's not about you. It's about him having an opportunity to show up. Won't you let God show off for you tonight? Won't you let God show off in your life tonight? Because when he begins to show off in your life, the people that really know your story, the people that really know your struggle, the people really know the opposition and the challenges that you came up against. 
ourselves from God's promises. The theme for this weekend's conference was don't count me out. And sometimes it's not the others that count us out. We count ourselves out. Just like the children of Israel. I'm talking about leaders that were selected from each tribe. I'm talking about the same leaders that saw the Red Sea part. I'm talking about the same leaders that saw manna fall from heaven. I'm talking about the same leaders that saw God do miracle after miracle after miracle. And yet you get to a place where there's giants. You're so close to your promise. And you're going to allow the giant to keep you from your promise. Don't let the enemy pump you out of your promise. Whose report are you going to believe? I believe the report of the Lord. I posted something, I shared something on Facebook yesterday. And I liked what it said. It says, God has a tendency of picking up a nobody to be somebody in front of everybody without consulting anybody. So stop waiting on family to give you permission to receive the promises of God. Stop waiting on friends to give you permission to receive the promises of God. Stop waiting on people to come in agreement with you. Because sometimes it may just be a Joshua and a Caleb and the other ten may not see what you see, and the other ten may not believe like you believe, and the other ten may not stand in the same faith that you stand with, but I heard if any two touching and agreeing will believe anything, then you shall have it. And he said, Caleb said, certainly we can do it. Certainly we can do it. I don't care what they talking about. Y'all stay right here where you are. If you can't see it, if you don't believe it, then you keep on going around the mulberry bush, baby, because I'm taking possession of the promise that God has for me. I'm not leaving nothing on the table. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, but God came, Jesus came, that I might have life and life more abundantly. So anything that you have promised me, God. Not going to happen. 
even because I'm not a man that I should lie. Neither am I the father of men, of the son of men that I should repent. So if I sin, that's not in vain with me. If I sin, it shall come to pass. It will come to pass. And, 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 and it will come to pass even in spite of us. So we might as well get in alignment. We might as well come into agreement because there's no sense of somebody else raising up and coming into the promised land because we delayed. Because as the apostle always said, delay obedience is still disobedience. So we might as well just be obedient and go explore and wait for our next instruction. Because I believe the report of the Lord. So when the enemy comes to tell me what I can't 